Leslie Moody, host of the Set Apart Podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. This week, we're going to be continuing the Biblical Mindset series, and we're going to be talking about stillness from a biblical perspective. This is a time when de-stressing and kind of self-care and letting your mind go and get clearing your mind of worry and that kind of thing is kind of popular in our culture, but there's a biblical approach to stillness and then there's a counterfeit approach. So we're going to be taking a look at the biblical approach today. Before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that you can still register to join us at the 2023 Set Apart Conference. There's a small number of spaces left for the on-site event in Colorado, or you can join us anywhere you are via simulcast, and this is a great way to share that Set Apart vision with other women in your life. A lot of people have hosted simulcast in churches or in their living rooms with a handful of ladies there, and so you can have really as big or as small of a gathering as you'd like. And if you register for a simulcast, you'll have access to the sessions from June all the way to the end of the year so you can pick a time that works best for you or if you're sharing it with a group a time that works best for your group so just click the link in this podcast description or go to setapartgirl.com for more information on our 2023 set apart conference June 16th through 18th in Colorado or any time of year via simulcast we'd love to have you join us our theme this year is valiant becoming a woman of heavenly strength So let's dive into biblical stillness. Now, this really builds upon our last episode, which was on biblical meditation. The two are very similar. We often think of things like meditation and stillness as sort of like a zoning out, a chilling out, you know, kind of letting everything go, emptying your mind, letting go of all your cares, de-stressing. But what I've found in my life, and as I've looked at this in scripture, the only way to really let go and de-stress and let go of worry and find soul level rest and stillness is on filling our minds with God's truth, not just emptying our minds and going brain dead. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Now, the word know in that verse is a verb, so it's an action, and it means to declare, to consider, to perceive, and to acknowledge that he is God. It's not just the being still, it's knowing, grasping that truth, that reality of who he is. This kind of stillness is not just calming your mind down or emptying your mind of all your own thoughts. It's also the act of disciplining your mind and your thoughts to agree with God to kind of take that amazing glimpse at who he is. Just like we talked about in that episode on biblical meditation, it's not just an emptying your mind of wrong thoughts, but it's a filling your mind of right thoughts. Now, there are definitely some counterfeit versions of stillness or connecting with God that I've seen even in the church today. I've heard of methods that involve calming yourself physically and slowing down your thoughts mentally and just trying to sort of feel your way into a connection with God. But unless you are quieting your heart and mind and purposely filling your mind and your heart with his truth, not just with feelings, you're not going to be experiencing true biblical stillness. There are two ways that I have personally experienced stillness in a life-changing way in my own life. Just gaining that quietness of soul that is so important in today's noisy, stressful, chaotic, fast-paced world. It's really tempting, I think, to want to go to those counterfeit versions sometimes. We just want to get away from the stress. And it's like, well, if I just kind of zone out or do yoga or reach this place of Zen or empty my mind, somehow maybe I'll get there. But biblical reality says that stillness means quieting our heart from a biblical perspective, being still and knowing that he is God. That will give us the soul level rest that we are craving without the counterfeit. 
So the two principles that I wanted to just encourage you with today that have really made an impact in my life when it comes to biblical stillness, the first one is learning how to abide. Now, I found in my own life that learning how to calm my mind and quiet my soul, like I said, it's not a mystic or cosmic state that I go into. It's learning how to connect to Jesus Christ as a branch connects to a vine and then remaining or abiding in the vine. If I am not in that state of abiding in Christ, there is no way I can be inwardly still. There's no way I can be free from worry and stress, no matter how relaxing I try to make my environment or how many de-stressing techniques I try. Abiding in Christ, I believe, is the first key to true biblical stillness because we are resting in him. We are allowing him to do through us what we can never do on our own. Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. And one of the greatest causes of a lack of stillness in our lives is trying to do things that only God can do through us. And that's a very common thing, I think, for Christian women. We want to rise up and be the super mom or be the amazing wife or be the incredible ministry leader or just be someone that people look up to. And we try to do those things in our own strength without being in that place of a abiding, of staying connected to the vine, and that will lead us immediately out of a place of stillness and into a place of inner turmoil. Hudson Taylor wrote, the branch of the vine does not worry and toil and rush here to seek sunshine and there to find rain. No, it rests in union and communion with the vine. Let us so abide in the Lord Jesus. And probably one of the best analogies I've ever heard about the abiding life is from Corey Ten Boom, and maybe you've heard it before too. She talks about having a glove. She said, I have a glove here in my hand. The glove cannot do anything by itself, but when my hand is in it, it can do many things. True, it is not the glove, but my hand in the glove that acts. We are gloves. It is the Holy Spirit in us who is the hand, who does the job. We have to make room for the hand so that every finger is filled. If we are rushing around trying to live a good life, in our own strength, trying to make it all work. We're not making room for the spirit of God to live his life through us. And that's such a great analogy for the abiding life, which leads to that soul level stillness. I in Christ and Christ in me. And that's the secret to a Christian life that actually works. And it is the secret to being still and restful in your soul. As I said, no other de-stressing technique in the world or mental calming exercise or anything you could do externally could ever compare to the rest that is found when you abide in Christ. And abiding, if you've heard some of my other episodes on this, it means refusing to disconnect from the vine, refusing to depart from your life source Jesus Christ. It means letting him live and operate through your life, enabling you to do what you could never do on your own, like the glove can only move and act when it is occupied by the hand, like the branch can only produce fruit through the life of the vine. To abide literally means to endure, to remain, to dwell, to continue, to stay in Jesus. Anything good that flows from our lives can only come from a place of abiding in him, of letting his life and his power flow through us. Andrew Murray said it this way, however strong the branch becomes, all its beauty and all its fruitfulness depend on that one point of contact where it grows out of the vine. So it must be with us too. It's all dependent on how connected we're staying to Jesus Christ, letting him flow his life through us. That's the abiding life. Oswald Chambers said there is no condition of life in which we cannot 
abide in the Lord Jesus. And that's a very convicting statement because I think the times when I don't feel capable of abiding are the times when I'm under a lot of stress, a lot of things are hitting me at once, and I feel like I need to rise up and solve all these problems before I can really abide. But what I first need to do is connect to the vine. Let him do the work through me. When we abide in Christ, we will automatically have a still soul because we are resting in him. We are not rising up and trying to do things on our own. It reminds me of Psalm 131 too. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. And just that picture of absolute dependency, you think about a little baby who is completely dependent upon his mother for food, for warmth, for comfort, for everything, and just laying quietly in his mother's arms knowing everything he needs will be supplied. And that is the place that God wants to bring us to, that soul level stillness that comes from being attached to him as our life source. It says in Isaiah 26, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And whenever we are not in perfect peace, one of the best things we can do is take a step back and say, is my mind really fixed upon Jesus? Am I truly abiding in Christ? There is no other way to find true inner rest and stillness than to quiet and calm our own thoughts and worries and concerns and connect to him as our vine and rest in who he is. And I've talked before in other podcasts about his names. One of the best ways to get to know who he is is to study his names all throughout scripture because each one of his names reveals a different aspect of who he is and what he wants to be in our lives. But I'd like to share a few other practical things that have helped me in cultivating that daily place of abiding in him. And some of these may resonate with you. Some of them you may already be doing, but these are just things that really make a huge difference in my ability to know that I am abiding in him. First, to find a quiet place, even if it is a closet or the corner of a dorm room, to create a little corner of stillness where you can be with him. And to silence distractions. That is one of the biggest problems to the abiding life or that place of stillness with him is just the constant noise and distractions that we surround ourselves with. We have to silence those, whether it's device notifications or other distractions, so that we can really have a quiet heart before him. And then we can ask him to speak to us in our innermost hearts. I've also found it so important to talk to him during those daily pauses that we have, whether sitting at a traffic light or in a waiting room or just having those pauses throughout the day. The temptation is just to automatically scroll our phone, look up things on social media, just doing anything mindless. But what a great opportunity to just stay connected with him throughout the day. We have to turn down the noise in our lives. That means limiting time on social media, mindless texting, other time wasters so that we do have more time to be in his presence. And if you can't get away from noise at all and you think, well, how could I ever even be still in his presence or abide in him because my life is so noisy? Maybe you're a mom with young kids. Be purposeful to keep your soul fixed on him even as you serve others. And that is very possible. I've learned that in different seasons of my life where my soul remains connected to him, the gaze of my heart is fixed upon him even as my hands are busy serving others, as Amy Carmichael says. I found it really helpful to journal my prayers and pour 
pour out my heart to him through my journal, to share my struggles, my fears, my needs, and my longings, and to remember that he is the best listener I will ever have. And also, don't make it dependent upon emotions. Make Christ a priority whether or not you feel a strong spiritual high, because abiding in him and being in his presence with a quiet heart is not dependent upon feelings. It's a decision, and it's based on faith, knowing that as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And even if we don't feel a big rush of emotion, that is a promise we can stand on in the word of God. It's important that we practice turning to him the very moment something difficult happens, no matter how small, even if it's just in that quiet place in our own heart. As Amy Carmichael said, our loving Lord is not just present, but nearer than we can imagine, so near that a whisper can reach him. So when something disturbing happens, we can immediately turn to him, even if it's just in the quietness of our own heart. I found it really helpful to memorize verses, short key verses, and repeat them throughout the day whenever I have a moment to do that. And recognizing that Jesus is the word of God become flesh. And when we meditate on his word, we are meditating on him. We can also take it a step further. I've talked about this in many other episodes, but placing key scriptures in strategic places around your house, in your car, etc., in order to look at them often and be reminded of his truth. And as I've said before, Corey Ten Boom's quote is very practical and very convicting. She says, have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. And then again, this is just a reminder, but I love book ending my days with small nuggets of powerful truth through those classic devotions like My Utmost for His Highest and Daily Light and Streams in the Desert and Parables of the Cross. Those are so rich with those powerful truths that you can read in just a few minutes. And of course, listening to audio scripture and other Christian biographies and sermons throughout the day. All of these are just very practical ways to cultivate that place of stillness in the soul that comes from abiding in Christ. And if you are looking for stillness and rest outside of abiding in him, you are just never going to find it. You'll probably find a temporary escape from stress. If you go into a spa and sort of de-stress for an hour or you watch a movie or you do something relaxing, that can temporarily give you kind of that sense of rest, but it's not a lasting soul level rest unless it comes from that place of abiding. And abiding happens through purposeful connecting to the vine throughout every single day. So that is really, even though some of those may be reminders from other episodes, We've talked about the abiding life before, but it really is the foundation to true biblical stillness. And the second principle that I want to talk about is cultivating an expectant heart and a listening ear, taking time to wait on the Lord. There are so many scriptures, especially throughout the Psalms, about waiting on him. And so often I think we don't take the time to do that in our lives. We rush ahead, make all of our own decisions. We don't really take time to have that expectant heart that he wants to speak to us or to cultivate that listening ear. We talked in our episode on biblical worship how God often speaks to our hearts in a still small voice. It's not always a big thunderbolt from heaven. It's sometimes it's a quiet whisper within our innermost life and we know he's prompting us or nudging us to do something. And there's often so much noise in our daily lives that it just drowns out that still small voice. I know for me, it's not something that I will hear unless I'm purposely cultivating a listening ear being still in his presence and waiting on him and developing that listening ear is so critical to really know how he's guiding and directing us. 
And taking time to be still and to wait on him, it doesn't mean he's always going to speak clearly to us every time we're still in his presence. But if you take the time to focus on him, to worship him for who he is, to meditate on who he is, and to just be still in his presence with a listening ear, it's going to be amazingly beneficial to your soul. Sometimes he will speak and sometimes it's just that assurance of his presence. Now, for some of you, it might look like a quiet walk outside where you're not looking at your phone. Maybe you don't even have your headphones and you're focusing just on praising him, worshiping him and being still and having that listening ear for anything he wants to speak to your heart. It might be that you hear a word of conviction, someone that you need to make something right with, or you feel a peace about a decision, or you feel reminded of a scripture that you've been studying that God's been putting on your heart that he wants to take deeper in your life. Those are all ways that God speaks to us in that still small voice, but it only happens when we're focusing on him and cultivating that listening ear. Or for others, it might be reading scriptures with a listening ear and expectant heart for verses that he wants to hallmark and highlight in our lives. And we've all probably had that experience where a specific verse just really grabs our attention. And oftentimes that's because God is speaking to us through that scripture and saying, I want this verse to have your special attention right now. There's something in this that applies to you right now. Stillness and waiting on God might be sitting or kneeling with quiet worship music playing in the background and just saying, Lord, I want to focus on you and appreciate who you are and be still in your presence and allow you to speak to my heart if you desire to. The biggest key to cultivating that listening ear is to remove those distractions and purposely quiet your heart, which means don't just let your own thoughts and ideas run rampant, but quiet your heart and focus just on him, not on your own thoughts and emotions, but on who he is. Now, again, you may not always feel him speak to you in a still small voice in those moments of stillness, but it gives him the opportunity to speak if he desires to speak to us. I want to read you three quotes from Amy Carmichael that so beautifully express that place of stillness and expectancy and waiting on God and listening and having him speak to us in that still small voice as a result. She said, if you refuse to be hurried and pressed, if you stay your soul on God, nothing can keep you from that clearness of spirit, which is life and peace. In that stillness, you will know what his will is. But we have to refuse to be hurried and pressed and stay our soul on God. And when we do, we will have that stillness and know what his will is. We will recognize his voice when he speaks to us. And here's a poem that she wrote. O thou who art my quietness, my deep repose, my rest from strife of tongues, my holy hill, fair is thy pavilion where I hold me still. Back let them fall from me, my clamorous foes, confusions multiplied, from crowding things of sense I flee, and in thee I hide. Until this tyranny be overpassed, thy hand will hold me fast. What though the tumult of the storm increase, grant to thy servant, O Lord, and bless with peace. And I think that's beautiful because it's obvious that she wrote that during a time of stress and turmoil, and yet she knew where to turn where God would hide her in the shelter of his wing and give her that incredible stillness and peace like that weaned child completely dependent upon his mother and at rest that his mother will meet all his needs. And that is how God compares us when we are still before him and we are fully trusting in him. She also says, wait before the Lord, wait in the stillness and in that stillness, assurance will come to you. You will know that you are heard. You will know that your Lord ponders the voice of your humble desires. You will hear quiet words spoken to you yourself, perhaps to your grateful surprise and refreshment. 
Isn't that beautiful to realize that we're not just waiting for nothing. We are waiting for our Lord to speak to us and for him to give us that assurance of his presence and to hear those quiet words that he wants to speak in the depths of our heart. And often it is such a beautiful refreshment when he does draw near to us as we draw near to him. Now, don't be discouraged if you begin practicing this expectant heart and listening ear and this stillness in his presence and you don't really feel anything or hear anything. It's really something that we cultivate over a period of time. We do it as an act of love, an act of discipline, an act of expectancy to him, and we allow him to speak to us when he desires to. And so it's not a matter of, oh, well, it didn't, nothing amazing happened the first time, therefore I shouldn't do it again. It's, no, Lord, I'm going to come into your presence every day. And when you desire to speak to my heart, I know you will. Meanwhile, I cherish the opportunity to be in your presence, to have access to your throne of grace, and to just appreciate and worship you for who you are. And it is just one of the most amazing and beautiful ways to keep your soul at perfect peace is to practice those times of being still and expectant and listening in his presence. So both of these principles, abiding in him and cultivating that expectant heart and listening ear, these are not things that happen by accident in our fast-paced world. They have to be purposely planned in, and we have to go after them every single day. It might feel overwhelming if you are in a really busy season of life or you're going through something really challenging. My challenge to you is to take a small step in each of those areas this week, and then let God build upon those small steps of obedience. You don't have to do every single one of these suggestions right away, but begin to take just that that simple step, even if it's saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to stay in your presence for five minutes and just praise you and worship you and listen to you with an expectant heart or pour through the scriptures and allow you to speak to me through your word, whatever it might be, just that simple step of saying, Lord, I want to draw nearer to you. I want to have that stillness of soul that comes from fixing my gaze upon you. Those are decisions that God will honor. And you will begin to just see the fruit of stillness in your life. A heart of stillness in today's world of chaos is so immeasurably valuable. And I pray that we would not miss this amazing opportunity based on just nonsense, things that distract us and occupy our time all day, every day. Let's get back to the privilege of being in the presence of God, the privilege of abiding in Him. And so many of our cares and concerns will fall by the wayside when we are in that place of being like a weaned child with his mother in the presence of our God. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to go deeper into building a Christ-centered life, I invite you to visit us at setapartgirl.com and see the many resources that we have for you there. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.